Hello and welcome back to All My Darlings, where we are reading Marguerite Young's Inviting the Muses. We're on the review section, and we've got another short one today, so this won't take too long. And this is interesting because I had um, someone contact me on Twitter and ask me if he knew about the connection between Marguerite Young and Mormonism, and I did not. Um, she did mention it in some interviews about really liking Mormon poetry. There was a woman's uh, poetry publication, like a, I, don't know, I guess it was kind of famous. Um, so it was some kind of publication that, um, that featured uh, Mormon women poets. She said she was descended from... Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Who's the one who found the more? Uh, she was, a dis she claimed, to be, I guess, claimed to be a descendant or something. Anyways, I'm so sorry. I can't remember the man, the man's name. He DM'd me on Twitter and he decided to write a whole article, article about it, looking into the history and actually trying to trace some of her gene genealogy, which he couldn't find. So he couldn't find any direct, um, uh, relationship. And, but he did bring up some very good points in the book that um, mirrored uh, some tenets of the Latter-day Saints. Is that what they're called? Um, for the Mormons, church, uh, some of their interpretations and sayings, which very well could have influenced her. It was a really nice article. I've already um, talked about it before and uh, shared it on Twitter and, and on my Substack. Uh, a link to it. So if you do want to look it up, uh, message me and I can send you a direct link to it. Pretty sure I have it saved. And um, the only thing that I, that I guess of her published works is this review, Joseph Smith, Mormon Poet, and it's by Fawn M. Brody, No Man Knows My History. And so this is the only thing we can find that uh, as far as, ow, 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 come on, kitten. I don't want to play. My, ow, ow. No. No. My feet are not toys for you. There. There. Oh, my gosh. Don't make me get Okay, enough. This is just going to be a short podcast. No, 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 no. Did I say no? No. No. Don't blink at me. No. He's in a plain mood. And if I try and kick him out, he's just going to meow. No. What am I going to do with you? Hey, don't you know? That I am in the middle of a podcast and I don't need you to be clawing my feet or wanting to get... I'm going to fix you. Oh, fine. I'm going to put on my slippers. <sighs> the baby boy has settled down a little. But obviously not enough. All right, fine. Here you go. There. Yes, attack them all you want. Can't feel a thing. Go for it. Yep, yep. Oh, you're stuck too. Huh. All right. I have fixed my feet so he can't 
Oh, so he can dig his claws in and it won't hurt. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. Okay, again, I'll start again. So this, besides that uh, uh, reader who was interested on Twitter to find out some direct connection between Margaret Young and uh, the Mormons, this is the only one I've seen as far as something published where she's talked about it directly, other than in an interview. So it's Joseph Smith, Mormon prophet. It's by Fallen Amber Brody, No Man Knows My History. Nothing could be more Baroque than the life history of Joseph, Joseph Smith. Yeah, I thought it was Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon Church. He was already in his own lifetime a mythical character. He founded the Mormon Church almost, it might be said, by a series of accidents which, logically considered, would never seem to lead to their amazing result, a stable institution. Step by step, no one could have foreseen the way. It is all a beautiful maze, the Mormon pattern winding and rewinding in an area where, though the mystery may be explained empirically, it remains a mystery transcending the limitations of actual experience. Looking for the impossible treasure said to have been buried by a much-publicized but purely hypothetical Indian tribe of vanished Semitic mound builders, Joseph Smith discovered the golden plates which he said had been buried by the angel Moroni, guardian spirit of the lost tribe. The golden plates rustled in that Arabian dream world which, for so many people, was more real than the harsh American wilderness, where they were more likely to encounter a skunk than an angel. The golden plates were invisible to everybody except Joseph Smith, an unschooled farmhand who in another society might have been an anthropologist or an archaeologist, or at least the writer of a literary epic as pale as Ocean, Ocean. Joseph Smith was not a man to keep a deep secret to himself. He devoted himself to translating the microscopic picture handwriting on the invisible golden plates, when the first hundred or so pages were stolen by the skeptical wife of his private secretary, with a challenge that he should then repeat exactly what the angel had said, Smith, rather than deny his previous statement or present a garbled version, merely proceeded from the political to the religious character of the lost Semitic Indians, who, our later research shows, never did exist. Had the manuscript not been stolen, it is possible that he would not have stumbled into founding a great religious order where were reflected the many facets of his own personality, itself the result of a fervid community imagination. The angel Moroni, unlike Moroni or Morani or M-O-R-O-N-I, unlike most angels of that era, was not in favor of an arid celibacy in the midst of nature's fruit fruitfulness. Just as the impotent angel was perhaps the vision of an impotent old leader, this angel, appearing to a young man, was highly potent, scattering spores as big as the purple grapes in autumn. The angel of a lost people preached. Sorry. The angel of a lost people preached, ironically enough, but perhaps only because of his experience with a lost people. Polygamy and the infinite progression of the exuberant human race. Joseph Smith liked women all women, the old as well as the young, and so his religion glorified human potency. For every wife, another star in heaven. You pursued your many wives, all fifty of them, from earth to heaven and beyond. And of his own wife, Emma, who astutely objected to all of this carnality, which she believed had never been recommended by the angel Morani at all. Joseph said when temporarily she fled from him, I will have her back, although I must pursue her into hell. From court records of cases in which Joseph Smith was involved, from newspaper articles, memoirs, letters, and the dossiers of the women who were successfully sealed to the prophet in marriage, Mrs. Brody was recaptured, has recaptured the spirit of a man whose mystery, yeah, sorry, 
Mrs. Brodie has recaptured the spirit of a man whose history remains, just as he said, unknown, unknowable. He was a mystery even to himself. He was killed at the age of 39 by blackface murderers. It was at sunset, and the sun was hidden behind a cloud. When one of them rushed forward to cut off his head, the sun came out from behind the cloud, and the people fled silently away. This was published in The Nation in 1945. Okay, so I don't sense, like, a lot of encouragement of the Mormon religion, per se. I don't think she was very supportive of, of religion, period. So, that was kind of interesting. Alrighty, that's it. Sorry for my cat, who is still playing with my feet. Aren't you? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I swear... All right. Thank you for listening. Bye.